Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you to keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. On the Silver and Motion Podcast. everybody welcome to another episode of the silver emotion podcast my name is will and this is episode number 19 i've had a lot of uh fucked up technical difficulties this episode um i bought a new cable for my mic because my old mic cable has a short in it so i have to be very careful about not uh moving the the end of it uh this is my my real mic not the the headset um all my stuff has shorts in it apparently uh but anyway um so i bought a new cable and i went to hook it up um a few minutes ago and apparently i bought the wrong cable um so so i have to get a new one a new new one uh, and then I, I have my, uh, my record player turntable, as you call it. Uh, I have that hooked up to my computer and the, the, the recorder has to go into that same jack. So I bought a little splitter so I could hook them both up at the same time and I don't have to crawl around on the floor every fucking time. But apparently the recorder doesn't want to go through the splitter. Um, so I have to crawl around on the floor no matter what. <laughs> so that's the uh, the state of things right now. Uh, I was going to start recording this at l- over an hour ago. But I've been dicking around with all that shit. Um, so now it's uh, a little bit past midnight. It is currently Sunday morning. So uh, rise and shine on this Sunday morning. Uh, say your prayers because <laughs> Donald Trump is currently uh, dismantling the American democracy. Uh, although currently he's on vacation because it's so hard to be the president. Anyway, uh, so what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about a Sammo Hung movie called Blade of Fury from 1993. And and then a couple other movies after that. So let's just get right into it because I am only going to have so much energy. So Blade of Fury, 1993, is the movie that Sammo Hung made. Um, well, hold on. See, I don't, I don't look into any of this shit. I just start talking. So, yeah. So it's the movie that he made directly after The Moon Warriors. Um, But, um, yeah, yeah, okay, never mind. Anyway, well, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so Blade of Fury. Uh, The movie stars a few people, as movies often do. 
the main star is a guy named Yang Fan, and good old Yang Fan was only in two movies, uh, apparently. Although, uh, at least two two Hong Kong movies. Maybe he uh, came over to America and did some movies, but I doubt it. Now let's let's see how quickly I can look that up. Um, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, they they only have one movie on IMDb. So, IMDb is not the uh, crowning uh, go-to source for Asian film information, though. So, anyway, they got to... Uh, I don't know. I'm <laughs> starting off on a bad foot with this goddamn technical difficulties. Um, and, and I keep like wanting to check to see if it's fucking working seems like it's working pretty good okay so sammo hung directed the movie he also um choreographed the action along with a guy named zhao ching yun or jun juan i don't know anyway and this guy um zhao ching jun is uh one of china's national martial arts champions and at the age of 11, he joined the Sangshi martial arts team. So, um, a real martial art, a real deal martial artist. Um, he did action directing on a couple of movies, and he was acting in a couple of movies, um, but not, you know, not too active in the industry. More of a just a traditional martial artist. And then uh, Yang Fan, the, the star of the movie, is a similar story. I haven't looked him up, but I'm positive, just based on his performance in the movie, uh, I, I know that he's like a serious martial artist, because that dude, he's got some moves. Um, <laughs> seriously, this dude... You know, like, uh, fucking Jimmy Wang Yu, for instance, the, the first kung fu star to be a, a big star, um, in, in the quote unquote modern era of, uh, what do you call it? The, the 60s, 70s, you know, anything after the 60s. Um, but he didn't know any martial arts, Jimmy Wang Yu. So they they had to edit around him, and um, you know, I mean, over the years he picked up enough to look pretty convincing. By the time you get to like uh, his his stuff in the seventies, early seventies, he's you know he's left Shaw Brothers. Even even his last movie at Shaw Brothers, um, the first movie he directed uh, is called The Chinese Boxer, and I really like that movie. That movie's super fun. Um, but like by the time you get to, to the mid seventies with, uh, like master of the flying guillotine or the movie that comes before that one arm boxer, I mean, he's pretty convincing as long as the, the filmmaking is good enough. Uh, but anyway, so blade of fury stars this guy, Yang fan, who's fucking incredible. And also starring in the movie is, uh, T lung. Shaw Brothers star T. Lung. Uh, but don't get too excited because he doesn't really do any martial arts at all, unfortunately. 
Um, I was very disappointed with that, but uh, it just doesn't do any. Uh, but he's an old guy. He doesn't want to do martial arts, I guess, you know. I guess he didn't... Did he do any martial arts in uh, Drunken Master 2? I don't think so. Maybe a little bit here and there, but... Uh, he was pretty pretty just stationary in that one. Uh, but I guess I, I... When I first saw Drunken Master 2, I didn't know who T. Lung was. That's the movie that introduced me to him. So I guess I didn't... Uh, I never had that expectation. And then because I didn't have that expectation, I've never... Uh, you know, it's just, that's T-Lung, and he doesn't fight, but it, it never really made an impression on me. Um, also, in the movie, um, T-Lung has a little sidekick, and that is played by uh, Cynthia Khan, who was the star of the, of the movie I talked about last week, I think it was, uh, in the Line of Duty 3. Um, and she plays a man... I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't remember if they ever reveal her as a woman. Um, there's a thing in in wuxia movies where um, a female masquerades as a man, and everybody in the movie doesn't know that she's a female. They just completely accept her as a man, and then at some point, like she unmasks herself or like takes her hair down, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, she's a woman." But it's never. <laughs> Like, it always looks obvious, even if I didn't know that they were actresses. Like, you know, because, like, uh, in the early days, Chink Pei Pei or um, Lily Ho or any of these, you know, early Shaw Brothers stars, they all did it at some point, And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's a thing. It, it And I don't know what culturally, um, what the, the background is on that. But it's a thing, and it's in a lot of movies. It's in Hong Kong movies all throughout the ages. So um, it's clearly a staple of their um, fiction uh, and, and probably their history as well. <laughs> but I don't know, honestly. Um, also, in the movie, there is a little part for Rosamund Kwan. Um, Sammo Hung has a little cameo. And he gets a fight in there as well. A, a good, a good, very wuxia fantasy fight uh, that's very fun. And that's about it. Um, who's this guy? This guy, isn't he the, yeah. There's a guy named Colin Chow. Um, on the Hong Kong movie database, they, they have him listed as Ingai Seng. Or... Yeah, in, in guy sing. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, I feel all stiff today because, well, it's just hard with this mic because I have to keep my face pretty close to it, and it's hard to move around. And and I need to get one of those uh, like telescoping arms so I can sit back in my chair because right now I have to lean forward. And that's just <laughs> kind of uncomfortable. Um, my co-host, the chair, won't be making an appearance if if I keep it this way because the chair will never get to creak as I move around. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, Colin Chow is in the movie, and I'm not terribly familiar with him, but I feel like I should be um, for some reason. 
I guess he was in Ashes of Time. Oh, he's just like a, a bit part in that. Well, okay, whatever. Anyway. Um, so, Blade of Fury. Um, the movie is based around a real event. Uh, the the real event is the Hundred Days Reform. And if I was smart, I would have pulled this up beforehand. But uh, I'm pretty quick. Okay, so it's based on a time in China's history called the Hundred Days Reform. And this was a political movement in 1898 by the Huangshu... <laughs> Emperor, I feel like I should just purposefully fuck him up. Like, like I'm trying to do it good, but then at the same time, <laughs> I'm sure if anybody who speaks Chinese is like, ah, oh, just fucking dying. This it's a great comedy podcast. Um, but anyway, um, the emperor and his supporters, um, were attempting to solve the problems of the Qing dynasty from within. Uh, that's what I wrote at one point when I was writing about another movie that is based on this same story. Um, but, like, it, um, it was a failure to, it, like, it didn't actually reform anything. And it ended in in failure, <laughs> and the uh, the Empress Dowager took over, and like nothing really changed. But uh, the it was very important in China's history because it sowed the seeds of um, like the future of China, basically. Um, so like like the Boxer Rebellion. See, I don't know a lot of Chinese history past this point, but the Boxer Rebellion was the next year, 1899 to 1901. And so like 100 Days Reform was a failure, but it led to Boxer's Rebellion and stuff like that. Anyway... <laughs> You don't come here for your fucking Chinese history lesson. <laughs> um, but I had... At one point, when I wrote this review for this other movie, I had a better understanding of it. But... Um, anyway, the main thing is that our hero is a guy named Wang Wu, um, who is a real guy. Or was a real guy. And uh, he's also known as Broadsword Wang Wu or Great Sword Wang Wu because he uses a Chinese broadsword called a Dadao. Um, and his presentation in Blade of Fury is a tad bit different from the other movie. Now, what is the other movie? It is a Shaw Brothers movie called Iron Bodyguard from 1973, directed by Cheng Che and Pao Sui Li. And uh, starring Chen Quintai. Chen Quintai plays the um, the Wang Wu character, and 
there's a very important other character that is um, close to the emperor that kind of pulls Wang Wu into this struggle. And his name is Tan Sitong. And in Iron Bodyguard, he's played by Yu Hua. Uh, and in Blade of Fury, he's played by Ti Lung. So the two movies are not... I wouldn't call Blade of Fury a remake of Iron Bodyguard. They're just based on the same like great historical um, event in China's history. Um, and Iron Bodyguard is kind of a straight martial arts drama where Blade of Fury is balls out fucking wuxia. Uh, Blade of Fury is also a Category 3 movie because it's gory as fuck. <laughs> Which was uh, surprising to me because I didn't know it was Category 3 when I first started it. And I don't... I mean, I expect gore in in uh, martial arts, like, um, like Shaw Brothers movies. And not that I expect it, but I know that it's a very high you know, probability that something, you know, somebody's fucking arm is going to get chopped off or some shit like that. Um, and so I think with with the over-the-top gore of Blade of Fury, I believe I feel like Sammo Hung is paying uh, some kind of homage to uh, the, the early days of the genre, the Shaw Brothers era, when that kind of like, oh, you know, we just chopped a dude's arm off and we see the hand and stuff like that that kind of like frank fucking gore uh was pretty common i mean right from the beginning too the the first movie that the first color martial arts movie that shot brothers made temple of the red lotus like the in the first couple of minutes of that some dude's hand gets chopped off <laughs> it's fucking great um but anyway so blade of fury sets sets itself up as a historical movie like it tries to uh ground itself historically right from the beginning and this is something that iron bodyguard never does iron bodyguard just presents itself as a fictional tale and either you know it's a, a historical movie or not and the way that i found out is that when i am watching a lot of these shaw brothers movies um there's kind of a clear difference between what feels real and what feels like clearly fictional. And so if it feels real, then I'll go and I'll try to research it. And um, I, not every time I'm right, but, but a good portion of the time, my intuition is correct. And then I uncover this whole big long thing, um, like history and stuff. And, and to me, it, it's, I'm always trying to like legitimize the Shaw Brothers movies um, in the context of like world cinema in my reviews. Uh, as much as I, I like them and I just enjoy them, I, I, I do have this noble idea of like, I want to raise their, their status um, among other people. Um, I don't know how many other people read these reviews, but should somebody come upon it, I hope to enlighten them a little bit. Not that I'm a fucking, you know, wealth of knowledge or anything. I'm basically just like a librarian. I, you know, I used to work in a library. So I, I, I'm basically just pulling sources together and then kind of disseminating that. Is that the right word? I don't know. 
um, but putting it all together and then distilling it down into some kind of more understandable thing. That's what I try to do anyway. I don't know if I achieve that, but um, that's my 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 general uh, sort of methodology in terms of writing some of these Shaw Brothers reviews. Uh, if not all of them, but but all of them don't sort of elicit that that kind of uh, passion in me to like you know really legitimize them. Uh, but anyway, so Blade of, <laughs> of Fury, I didn't plan to talk about Iron Bodyguard much at all. Um, I was just going to mention it, but uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, so Blade of Fury grounds itself and it, it starts out a few years before the actual story begins. The first scene, um, uh, is, is around, um, it's in Taiwan. The first scene is set in Taiwan and, uh, China has just given to, uh, Taiwan to Japan, um, and this is 1895, so a few years before the hundred years, hundred days reform. Um, so China gives Taiwan to Japan to avoid going to war. Around this time, there's uh, Japan is like uh, conquering stuff and like um, occupying China and shit like that. There, they've there was two wars between China and Japan. This is during the first one, if I am remembering correctly. Yeah, okay, the first one was 1894 to 1895. Well, when was the second one then? That must be a little bit later. Isn't that in the 1900s? They don't show it. What the fuck? Oh, there it is. The second one. Oh yeah, the second one's in the thirties and forties. That's right, because that's like if man time. Okay, I remember. And I will promptly forget. <laughs> um. Oh, I just closed that. What the fuck? Do I need that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I need to blast this out because I'm going to fucking fall asleep pretty soon. Okay, so the movie starts with this Taiwanese group who is is mad that uh, China has given Taiwan to Japan and they are trying to fight back against the Japanese. And they are led by Wang Wu. And um, the subtitles say that this rebellion uh, group is known as the Big Sword Crew. Whether or not that's a proper translation, I don't know. But uh, Big Sword Crew, <laughs> Big Sword Crew, <laughs> sounds uh, pretty good to me. So they assault this Japanese camp, and it is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it is just an amazing display of uh, martial skill, choreography. Uh, just fucking editing. 
uh, camera movement, fucking everything, just, just f- fucking perfect. Um, there's a lot of moving camera that flows perfectly with the action, and it's it's not just like capturing the action or even just complementing the choreography or anything. It's it's so integral, like an essential part of the actual choreography. And and I know that it's obvious that like oh yeah they choreograph the camera movements with the action, but like if you watch the choreography and the camera movement in very like uh, if you really focus in on on that those elements in like a fucking Marvel movie or some some American movie like that um that's modern and then you go back to like 60s wuxia and how those movies handle it and then if you go to like 80s jackie chan movies that like jackie chan directed and you see how they they handle it and then you go into like the sammo hung stuff sammo hung has a very distinct style with his the way that he places the camera and the way that he moves the camera within action scenes. And like, I would say that this opening scene of Blade of Fury is probably one of the best examples of Sammo Hung's style and skill as a director in putting together camera moves and angles and editing and uh <laughs> it sounds like my voice is breaking <laughs> editing <laughs> like putting all these elements together as a director along with the choreography to just deliver this like fucking bullet to the brain of martial arts it's fucking incredible and then to top that like in addition to all of that the thing that the whole scene is just full of fucking crazy ass gore. <laughs> Those dudes getting fucking beheaded, um, ears getting chomped off. There's a guy that gets split in half. <laughs> There's this one part where a fucking landmine blows this guy up, and then <laughs> you see. Uh, there's like a slow motion shot of these limbs flying through the air and then the dude's torso flies into the frame. (laughs) It's fucking great. (laughs) And it's all like really, um, like the whole scene is very well shot in terms of like composition. Every image is very beautiful, well composed, um, throughout the whole movie, but, but really within this action scene like a lot of times in action scenes you know you're you're catching action but it's not necessarily the best composed thing because it's not so much about composition but but Samahung is is a very good um he's good at composition anyway but this is like seriously it's one of the best fights i think he's ever done uh, there's a lot of wire work too, and then and then within the wire work as well, uh, to go along with my idea that that uh, the gore and this the general style of the movie is is kind of like a an homage in part 
to the older days of Shaw Brothers stuff, there's a bunch of fucking like straight out of 1970 <laughs> fucking Shaw Brothers movies uh jumps on trampolines where the dude is like keep trying to get away and he's just like jumping on from one trampoline to the next and you don't really see that outside of the old Shaw Brothers movies uh but but Sam Hung brought it back for this movie <laughs> it's it's fucking great um it's it's a great movie wire work is amazing as you would expect <laughs> you know um yang fan the main guy who is only in a couple movies is absolutely incredible um it's just it's fucking dope it's not the best movie like as a movie movie overall because like the fights and stuff are are just phenomenal of course it's samahung but the the story is very complex and it's told kind of um not very well well and i feel like if i watched it again i would i would pick up on on certain things a lot better but like it's just not very organized so like I had forgotten because I knew that it was a, a the same story as Iron Bodyguard a few months ago, but I f- had forgotten that when I was watching it. And then when I got to this one point in the story, um, which happens a lot later in this movie than it does in Iron Bodyguard, I was just like, "Oh shit, that's just like that fucking scene in Iron Bodyguard." And this character that is played by T Lung is like in the exact same position and I bet you the next scene is going to be this and and oh yeah this was a this is a remake of that story um also uh, just as a as a little trivia note uh Blade of Fury was the last film produced by uh producer director writer Lo Wei uh, who was uh, very famous for uh, his Shaw Brothers Wuxias and then uh, directing the first two Bruce Lee movies and then working with uh, Jackie Chan and creating a bunch of shitty movies that uh, uh, developed a lot of passion in Jackie Chan for making movies his way. And then uh, he exploded that into all of his movies of the 80s. Um, but this was also... Uh, Lowe's last film credit in the entire industry, and then he died a couple of years later in 1996. Um, Lowe gets a bad rap in uh, kung fu circles. <laughs> Not that I uh, have ever joined a circle uh, in real life or anything, but um, I just I've heard a lot of bad things about him, and. He's really a quality filmmaker, and he gets a bad rap. And by the time that he works with Jackie Chan, he's completely kind of out of touch with everything, and he's still trying to make movies like he was in the early Shaw Brothers days, which is similar to, like, um, King Hugh, the guy who made Come Drink With Me and Touch of Zen and stuff like that. He's, like, throughout the 70s, 
he was pretty much making movies in the same style that he always was. He didn't really change with the times. And where that worked for King Hugh because he was able to work within that same style but then evolve it a little bit with the time so that it didn't it wasn't ever stale but like low way wasn't necessarily too adept at that evolution he kind of just made shittier and shittier movies kind of <laughs> in the same way or whatever and he got really cocky after um he made those two first Bruce Lee movies that, that were very highly successful. Of course, obviously. Um, but anyway, Blade of Fury, it's, if you like Sammo Hung, it's a fucking, it's a movie to see. Uh, Sammo Hung, in terms of the directing, he's he's only in one scene um, as an actor, uh, but it's a good one. And uh, it it is a little slow and kind of hard to follow when it's not fights and there's a, a fair amount of <laughs> the movie that's not fights but um i would still recommend it cuz the fights are fucking incredible and uh if you've seen iron bodyguard then i would uh, recommend it doubly <laughs> because uh, it's a good to compare and co- compare and contrast it's very hard for me <laughs> to talk i'm like uh I'm kind of amped up because I'm trying to go fast. I'm trying to finish this while I have the the energy and the time. But at the same time, um, (laughs) it's hard. All right. So I rambled about that for quite a while. Um, So now I'm going to um, talk about two other movies, and hopefully those will be short um, I know I've, I've, I've noticed that I've keep forgetting, um, to call these movies out as like, oh, this is the good or piece of shit section. And I don't know that it really matters because especially <laughs> the idea behind that was basically to say like, oh, this movie, I watched this movie and, uh, here's a couple of things about it and then it's good or it's shit. But it got to the point where I'm just, like, basically talking about the movies for a little bit less than normal on the on the bigger uh, portion of the show. So, I don't know. It just doesn't... It didn't naturally uh, feel like I should be doing that kind of a quick segment. I mean, I just honestly forgot, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, um, so... I'm going to forget to do it this time also, but I'm do I'm forgetting consciously. <laughs> All right, so first up, or second up, depending on how you want to score this, uh, I watched the Jim Wynorski B-movie uh, that he made for Roger Corman called Deathstalker 2. I watched the first Deathstalker a while ago, I don't know, five, six months ago. And it is a fucking total piece of shit trash fest. Uh, but I fucking loved it. It's super fun. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's just dumb, fucking shitty fun. Now, the second one is, is also trashy and dumb and fun. 
but it's less trashy, it's less dumb, and it's less fun. <laughs> it's still it's still fun and it's still enjoyable, but it's far less entertaining. Um Uh, one thing that I wanted to point out in this movie is that it starts out uh, with Deathstalker, the main guy, and he's he's played by a different guy in this one, and I didn't like this guy. Uh, I like the first guy, but not this guy. <laughs> Whatever their names are, I don't know. Um, but anyway, the... Uh, it starts out with him like going in this this evil lair or whatever, and he's fighting these fucking ninjas that are all fat and <laughs> got these red capes on. And so he's fighting them, and he's fighting them with his uh, barbarian sword or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And he's fighting them with his sword, and they have swords, and so it's a big sword fight. Now, I watched this the day after I watched Blade of Fury, and Blade of Fury, being a wuxia, has tons of sword fights. And uh, if you'll recall from a few minutes ago, I was talking about how Sammo Hung was you know, bringing all of these elements together, uh, filmmaking elements together to work as one to create this fucking stunning action scene, or scenes, it should be. Um, and so... <laughs> to then immediately the next day watch Deathstalker 2 that basically opens with some of the like <laughs> shittiest sword fighting you could ever imagine. Like, I would always think that this sword fight and all of the sword fighting in Deathstalker 2 was shitty, no matter what I had watched the day before. But but seeing like Blade of Fury the day before made me just really notice how fucking horrible it is, and it really is is a good contrast um, to put the level of sophistication and skill that Sammo Hung is is putting into his movies. It really puts that into perspective because you can see like oh this is. A fucking this is what America was doing in the eighties, you know, and then this is what Sam Hung does in ninety three, you know, a couple of years after Deathstalker two. I don't remember what year Deathstalker two is, but I think it's like eighty eight, something like that. Um it is eighty seven. So a few years after. Um but at the same time eighty seven Sam Hung was doing like Millionaires Express and Eastern Condors was eighty seven. Uh, Millionaire's Express was was eighty uh, six, so Eastern Condors, you know, <laughs> clearly the the better choreographed film than over Deathstalker two. Uh, but anyway, I I say this also because when I watch a movie, I usually go and I log it on my Letterboxd account, and I rate it and stuff so I can get the stats because I like stats, and then. Uh, then usually after I log it, then I'll go on to the movies page and see uh, if anybody that I follow has seen the movie and if they've written about the movie, I can look at their little reviews or whatever. And I usually go through those and maybe a couple other ones of people that I don't know 
uh, just to see like generally you know what what are the what are the people of the internet saying about this movie and so when i did when i looked into the blade of fury stuff almost every single one was kind of like a middle of the road rating and they were all like yeah the action is uh, pretty good i guess i don't know i mean it's not great and everybody was just like super fucking jaded about the action and it was just like I mean, I, I, I get that it's not it's not the most iconic action. Other that first the first opening scene in the uh, in Blade of Fury is fucking phenomenal. And I'll always remember that. The the rest of the scenes are a little less iconic or a little less memorable. So I get that like it's not the fucking end fight of Once Upon a Time in China where they're fighting on the ladders or the end fight of Once Upon a Time in China 2 where Donnie Yen is fighting Jet Li and Donnie Yen's using a fucking towel as a weapon or a cloth or whatever the shit that he he spins into that fucking spear thing. Like, it's not at that level of just fucking instant classic, but the level of quality on display is so fucking high and it it just kills me to see like all these people and and they're just <laughs> like oh it's it's all right i guess and it's like oh my god <laughs> you have no fucking idea i mean just the they i don't whatever i mean people are going to think what they think uh but anyway uh so that's that soccer 2 also, they throw a lot of shit into this movie, too, though. Um, there's fucking zombies at this one point. They go to a graveyard, and all these zombies come out. It's <laughs> it's a nuts movie. Um, not quite as nuts as the first one, though. Um, would I recommend it? I would say if you liked the first one and you don't expect anything, then uh, sure, go go ahead and watch it. But I, I don't... I mean, I would just... <laughs> if you're trying to save time, just watch the first one. The first one's fun. <laughs> and then uh, the last movie that I watched is a movie from 1973, um, kind of an underground, um, low-budget, like super fucking low-budget movie called Family Honor, and it's this gritty fucking like dirty New York <laughs> fucking revenge movie, and that sounds good, you know, I mean... I was sold when I first heard that. And then I watched the movie and it's it's just like not good. It's I mean maybe I was on a bad day or something. I don't know, but man, I just could not fucking get into this movie at all. There's moments that are good like the action parts when he's uh killing these guys who he's uh, rev- getting revenge against some of those scenes are pretty tense and interesting and there's a couple of them that have like (laughs) big fucking gore moments Uh, I mean maybe not big gore moments but there's like he he's going around with a shotgun sawed off shotgun and he blasts this one dude in the chest and there's a shot behind the guy like looking at his back and his a big chunk of his back just fucking explodes with this big big giant meaty meaty squib and so that's pretty cool i mean i like that but you know that's it's a one fucking one second shot in a 90 minute movie um 
but anyway, the the story is basically that uh, this the movie opens with this guy being gunned down, and then uh, we move seven years into the future from there, and a mother and her son, her adult son, are are at the grave of the man who was killed in the intro. So it's it's the guy's father and. The mother is just like beside herself crying and crying and just saying that uh, the guy was uh, the kid. Her kid was just uh, like a fucking loser and a pansy because it's been seven years and he hasn't taken revenge yet against the guys that killed his dad. And then they go home and... Then she continues to berate him for not getting revenge. And then some other guy comes and he's fucking berating the guy. So they're just really, you know, hammering it home. And they're like, it's your duty. It's your family honor. You've got to, f- you know, this is what it, it, this is what happens. This is the old country law or some, some shit like that. And so then he f- basically just, uh, gets shit ready and then goes and kills them. And there's, <laughs> there's not a lot to it. Um, but it's really boring. <laughs> like most of it is just, just fucking boring. I didn't, I didn't get into it at all. Um, so I would not recommend it. But if you're really into seventies gritty, gnarly fucking movies, I mean it's not really gnarly, but like, it's it's definitely gritty. It feels almost like. Like not like a documentary, but it feels like the whole movie was shot without permits and just <laughs> like they just rolled up and started shooting on some random street in New York. Like it just feels very um I don't want to say amateur because it it at some level it's professional. It doesn't feel like some fucking Yahoo with the camera like all this shit now does. Um all the B movies now. It just, I don't know, it has like this home movie kind of quality where it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't like feel like a movie. I don't know how to describe it, but when you're watching it, it doesn't really attempt to draw you in at all. It doesn't really attempt to use uh, many, if any, cinematic tricks to like, tell it story it's just a bunch of people talking and you know cut to the next scene and more people talking Gina telling me she joined the Weight Watcher Club what is she gonna do I tell you she's gonna sit around everybody gonna watch her get more fat it's it's boring I wouldn't recommend it uh so (laughs) so that is going to be the show and uh, coming up on the site this week, I will have a review of the Jackie Chan movie Shanghai Noon, um, his second big American movie from his after his uh, success in America, uh, co-starring Owen Wilson. And then I was supposed to have a review of King Hu's movie The Valiant Ones, but uh, time got away from me and I was not able to complete that. So that review will be pushed to next week. Ask me if I give a shit. And so if you have any feedback about movies, 
to uh, send in, uh, go ahead and send it in. And if you have thoughts on the movies, if you have thoughts on other movies, if you have anything that you'd like to share, basically. Um, I see this thing every fucking time, so you know the drill by now. Uh, so send it in if you want to. Uh, no pressure, though. It's like, seriously, no pressure. <laughs> like it's, it's not a big deal. Um, so that's it. Uh, have a good week. Try to uh, stay sane in this ever-changing world in which we live in. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Adios. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows fight was fixed the poor stay poor the rich get rich that's how it goes everybody knows everybody knows that the boat is leaking everybody knows the captain lied everybody got this broken feeling Just die. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and the long stem rose. Everybody knows.